What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only on Jags all here. We love it. Ooh, welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post, a special free agency edition of the program. It's Jake Brown here, along with Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and at Brian Cos, and catch Cos's coverage of this Jets offseason in the Post and nypost.com. I'm in the palatial. Is that the word for it? Palatial studios here at the New York Post. And by palatial, I mean a edit closet room turned into a studio with things on the wall to make it look like a studio. But we are having a grand time here. Cause good to be back. Uh, Joe Douglas has signed everyone. You know, you were were you a free agent? Like, how does it work with the post? Do you sign like a four year beat writer contract? <laughs> no, no contracts, Jake. I work at the mercy of the post every day. That's that's all. No contract for me. I'm not a star. Like some people have contracts, but not me. Yeah, a three-year deal, one-year guaranteed. I'll take some of the money that they they were throwing around the the in the NFL. Yeah, a lot of money being thrown around, and Joe Douglas third round pretty wisely. And there's a lot of names to go through, so let's just get right to it. Leger Doosable, friend of the program, has been on a bunch. Will join us later to talk about the QB carousel, what Joe Douglas did, what is still to be done. We'll have a pre-draft show, you know, later in April before the draft in Vegas. But oh, are we going to get an off-season? I mean, Jake, I haven't talked to you since January, right? I mean, what are we going to get an off-season Jake update at all? How's your, oh, your off-season's been? Like, I've had an eventful off-season, I have to say. Did you get married? No. Right. <laughs> Still as single as a dollar bill. <laughs> nothing, nothing going there. Yeah, cause a couple of club trips, marquee. Some of the Blues were there after the Rangers Blues game. Uh, what else have I done? Some parties. Uh, the return of Shameless Plug, the Amazing But True podcast with me and Nelson Figueroa uh, returned on Monday. So that's back once a week. Life's been pretty good. Nothing uh, too crazy. I was sick for a while for like a week. I think the allergy bug hit me. The weather changes. Uh, my ears been clogged for a few weeks. I've been Googling ways to unclog ears. I've done popping. I've done the blow in the nose. I've done peroxide in my ear, which I didn't think that was... You were supposed to do that. That didn't work. You might have to go to your nose and throat guy. Well, I, I scheduled a doctor appointment, cause and they canceled on me. I don't know if they saw my name. Like, screw him. Uh, but Dr. Lee's like, no, got to cancel your appointment. So I never ended up rescheduling. So maybe I'll go back. But, yeah, a lot of loud noises have been in my ear just being out. So, But it's good to be back in the building here at the New York Post. You know, it's it was weird commuting and carrying things around and, like, I would say looking presentable, but I don't look presentable. And Figgy actually gave me this hat today. It's a it's an orange and blue Jets hat, so that's why I'm wearing it. He gave it to me a few hours ago. So uh, shout out to shout out to him on that. And uh, yeah, the Mets are back, so life is good there. But you know, I'm excited about the Mets, obviously, but I'm excited about the Jets. And this is our Super Bowl. What they've been doing is our Super Bowl until we're hit with the harsh reality that they're going to win five or six games in the regular season and what's a tough AFC. But, Kaz, if you're a Jets fan, it's hard to not be pumped up right now. You get 
a number one corner in DJ Reed. You get a right guard who hasn't missed a game in three years in Lake and Tomlinson. You get your top safety in Jordan Whitehead. You bring back a LaMarcus Joyner as a veteran safety to play alongside him. You bring in two tight ends. I mean, two starting tight ends in CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. You bring in, you know, a pass rusher in Jacob Martin. You make some other small moves that we'll get into. But overall, Kaz, a pretty damn good week for Joe Douglas and still money to spend as a lot of these contracts are backloaded. That gives them some, you know, wiggle room in year one here in 2022. Yeah, I think you grade on on the reasoning behind the moves and kind of the rationale. And I think, you know, the logic and he gets a high grade for that, Jake. These make sense. He addressed some needs. Uh, you know, he didn't break the bank. He didn't throw any silly money around. There's no Tremaine Johnson contract here that you're going to be talking about in five years, you know, still on the books. No Le'Veon Bell contract. You know, these are reasonable contracts. Mostly young players. Lakin Tomlinson's 30. Uzama's 29. But guys coming off of big years, big seasons that the Jets like to use the term like ascending players, Jake. Like they're 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 on their way up, not their way down. They also did stayed away from guys like an OJ Howard or Evan Ingram that, you know, were high draft picks but haven't haven't shown it. All the guys the Jets signed have had production, you know, and so a lot of them, you know, look like they're entering their prime right now and could they be one-year wonders yeah but i think douglas is gambling that they're not that they're going to be uh guys that are going to have two or three good years ahead for the jets and like you said the deals are constructed in a way that they they have low cap numbers in year one which tells me he's still working on something i'm going to go quickly name by name and and you give me a quick nugget on each guy and the situation of the position we start with tomlinson three years 40 million 27 million guaranteed uh, you know, three years not missing a game, Pro Bowl. Thoughts on the signing and now the revamped Jets offensive line. Now with Becton, Fant, maybe a pick with either four or ten, and uh, AVT and McGovern now with Tomlinson. Yeah, I think when you were looking, Jake, beforehand and you're trying to figure out who they were going to target, that was an easy one to pinpoint because he comes from San Francisco, knows the system. Uh, I do think Douglas looked at durability, too. The, the Jets have had injury problems. This guy's played every game. That doesn't always mean anything <laughs> because C.J. Mosley played a lot of games before he got here for Baltimore, and he had injuries the first year. But I, I like the idea of um, getting someone who's durable, getting someone who knows the system. I'm a little curious to see how he does if he's the one that moves from left to right guard, which I think is what they're going to do. He played left guard for his whole career. Now he'd be moving to right unless they decide to move AVT to right. I, I the People I've talked to said – they feel like both guys can can do it. So, you know, I think they would move Tomlinson to right guard, but we'll see. Um, that was the weak spot of the offensive line last year, Jake. We, we talked about Greg Van Roten, um, and then they brought in Duvernay Tardif at the end of the year. Uh, he played better, but, you know, the offensive line is better with, with Tomlinson there. That, that fills a hole, and they have a, the potential to be a really good line. If, you know, Beckton, I think, is the major question mark, what he can do. You know, they got two good guards. Fan had a good year. I think McGovern is a, is a serviceable starter, had a pretty good year. So uh, the, the line is better. Yeah, Becton will be the key guy to watch. If he comes back in shape and stays healthy, that is a dangerous offensive line. They brought back Dan Feeney and Connor McDermott as depth pieces off the bench. So the offensive line pretty much set, and I'm sure Joe Douglas will draft someone. DJ Reed, three years, 33 and a half. Ten and a half guaranteed. It seems like, you know, they save a lot of money here. Another guy played under Salah, San Francisco, two interceptions last year in Seattle. You know, now the cornerback situation looks to be Reed, Hall, Carter, Eccles. But I am sure, Kaz, 
there'll be at least two or three picks to come at corner. Thoughts on Reed and where the Jets are at corner? Yeah, I mean, look, the Jets were really young at corner last year, and they did okay. You know, Eccles and Hall did okay, Carter and as a nickel, but they didn't get their hands on the football enough. You know, there was only five interceptions by defensive backs by the Jets last year. You know, there was two from defensive linemen, seven total. No interceptions in the first uh, first two months, right? Shaq Lawson's interception against Cincinnati was the first one of the year. So they, they need people like that can get their hands on the football and, and change things. I think Reed will be one of those guys. He had a really good year in Seattle last year. I mean, two interceptions. The stats really don't tell it. But if you look at his PFF numbers, and he was the eighth highest graded cornerback by PFF, his coverage numbers are really, really good. He did not, you know, you know, not allow a lot of passes his way. Knows the system with Salah, 25 years old. So I think, you know, we were talking about them. Though they need a veteran. This guy's only 25 years old. But now you have him on one side. You can have Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles battle it out on the other side and see who comes out of that. And then the other one is your fourth cornerback, which is nice to have. You, you know, one of the guys who was starting last year will now be your fourth guy off the bench. So I, I like the read move a lot. Yeah, and I expect more to be done, whether it's, you know, a late signing and training camp. The draft, like we said, they still have work to do there. Safety improved greatly here. Jordan Whitehead, a Super Bowl champion, two years, $14.5 million, $7 million guaranteed, has a cool story. He's Darrell Revis' cousin, was at Revis' draft party in 2007. Fifteen years later, he's a member of the Jets. Two picks last year. Seems like they got good value here. Marcus May goes to the Saints for three, three years, 28. So they get a guy for a little bit cheaper, May had some injury problems, obviously some stuff off the field as well. You know, they bring in LaMarcus Joyner, who was out for the season after week one, so we didn't get to see anything out of him. Was excited about him last year. You get him for $2.6 million, $2.1 guaranteed. And Ashton Davis now becomes a backup. I like where the Jets are at at safety, guys. Yeah, Jake, I think Whitehead, you know, brings a winning pedigree. Obviously, he won the Super Bowl in Tampa. He's, he's been part of a winning program there. He's going to be a guy who helps in the locker room. He can, you know, he's young. He's 24, but he's he's already seen a lot of football. Can help them through it. He's known as a tough guy, hard hitter. Uh, so I, I think that would be good. And I'm not sure, Jake, you know, I know Jets fans do not want them to draft Kyle Hamilton with number four, but I don't think this rules that out because Kyle Hamilton's a different player than Whitehead. Whitehead's more of a, you know, the hard-hitting box safety what you know, I think Hamilton could be the, the guy play play center field and you know go sideline to sideline. So, you know, I don't think this rules that out. Uh so I still think there might be a little bit more work to be done at safety. Yeah, I think fans just fear safeties and first rounds and and cornerbacks and first rounds and what's happened in the past, but this is a new era. Jacob Martin, four sacks, two force fumbles. Uh what do you know about him and what does he add to the Jets pass rush? That seems to be lacking, but not that it's like a free agent acquisition, but you get loss in coming back, which you got to factor into this as well. What do you think about Martin and where the Jets pass rush is at? Yeah, I think Martin's really a depth piece, you know, rotational guy. I think they'd like to move J- JFM inside on, on third downs, put him put him in there, on, lined up on a guard, and then you bring Martin in and play edge rusher. You know, I don't think this, this precludes them. They're going to draft an edge rusher, I think, uh, you know, at, at some point early in the draft. I think they need to get one. Uh, and then pair that up with Lawson. I think Martin's really more of a depth piece. Uh, a little free agency news, Jake, that just came across my phone. The Buffalo Bills have signed. AFC East rival Buffalo Bills have signed Jamison Crowder. 
Wow. Okay. So there goes the receiver. As I was about to go to the offense, I think we knew, Kaz, that he was pretty much done here, right? Yes, we knew that. He was gone. I mean, he took a pay cut last year. They got Elijah Moore, who they I think they'd like to play in the slot a little bit more. They brought back Barrios, who's a slot receiver. So the writing was on the wall that Crowder was going to be gone. Yeah, and they got to get another receiver here. You, you, there you go. Brought up Barrios. He was a big name we talked about. How about, you know, Jets Twitter's Krista tweeting Barrios for like 72 straight days, and he saw the tweets and may have factored into him coming back. He said, I saw every single tweet. So sometimes the fans tweeting does work. Six million a year also helps. Seven million that, guaranteed. That, 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 I think it helps, yeah. No that offense to Krista. I appreciate what you did. Like, <laughs> But I, I do think if the Jets it's offered a cool him... cool story. If the Jets offered him one year for $3 million, he would have been waving at Krista as he was signing somewhere else. So, <laughs> you know, I think that was more about the money than, than Krista. But yeah, no, Barrios, you know, he had a good year, Jake. And he was a guy that, that, you know, as soon as training camp opened, you saw he had chemistry with Zach Wilson. There was something there. That, that seemed to be the guy that Zach clicked with more than anyone else. Obviously, had a great year return as a returner, all pro returner. So I, th- I thought he was, you know, it, it was good. I wouldn't have broke, I wouldn't break the bank for Braxton Barrios. Like, you know, I think it, early on they were talking about eight million, nine million, ten million dollars, maybe. Jets get him for six million a year. That sounds about right to me. So that was a good signing. But I do think there's something else to come at receiver, whether it's a trade, whether they draft a receiver. I do think they need to add one more piece, uh, you know, a premium piece to that position group. Yeah, it has to happen with the struggles of Mims and probably out the door. Corey Davis, we have to see him on the field and healthy. So no Cole, no Crowder, confirming Jets badly need to get a receiver. And I think two, really. One in the draft and one either free agency or whoever they trade for. You want two? Two, Jake. How how are you going to get two? I mean, like. Draft and a trade. You're talking about, like, you're talking about, so you're talking about, like, top receivers. You're not talking about, like, a, a number five receiver. Either the tenth pick or in the second round, I think you got to get a receiver. But that's so that's a picks. top that's a top receiver. Like you're not talking about depth. You're talking about guys. You want starters. Yes, I want. How two the hell are you getting all them line. on the field? So how are you getting them on the field? Because you got Elijah Moore, right? He's on the field. Slot, Corey yes. Corey Davis is on the field, right? Yes. So now you got one of your other guys, your draft pick or your trade. He's out there. They just signed two tight ends, so you're not going to tell me. They run five receivers all the time. They just signed two tight ends, so they clearly think they're going to have tight ends in the offense this year. So where's your second big signing going? The more, the merrier, Kyle. Wow. Too many injuries. Give me all the receivers. Give Zach every receiver in the NFL. I'll remind and, uh, you of this, Jake, because I, I seem to have to remind Jets fans of this sometimes. They do have to play defense as well, right? You have to draft yeah. some defensive guys. They got to get some defensive guys, so... All right, you mentioned tight ends, and I think this is where fans are most excited because I might be half a Helen Keller with my clogged ear, but the last Jets tight end that was good was Dustin Keller, and it's been 12 long years. Sorry for that ridiculous reference, but you got C.J. Uzamo, which is going to be a, a tongue twister for me all year, and Tyler Conklin coming off career years from the Bengals, from the Vikings. How could you not like this? A young quarterback getting two safety nets right down the middle of the field. We're finally going to see two jet tight end sets that involve two guys that could catch the ball and not like stone hands like uh, Cumberland and, uh, you know, Herndon and Griffin was okay, but he had to shine for like six games. We finally have two capable receivers, guys, and guys that could block too, big fellas. I mean, Conklin is a good, you know, run blocker as well, and that is something this team has lacked since Keller. 
All right, coming up next on Gangs All Here, it's a friend of the program, former Jet Leger Doosable. The Cheeto sweatshirt phase should have been like your sophomore year of high school instead <laughs> of now. All right, we're back on Gangs All Here, and joining us now is a good friend of the program. I think this is his fourth, maybe fifth appearance on Gangs All Here. It's former Jets defensive end, current Jets SNY pre and post game analyst, Leger Doosable. You can follow him on Twitter at Leger Doosable. Leger, uh, how's your offseason? You know, Wikipedia still says you were a free agent. Have you? Didn't you not have like a retirement press conference? We got to get that fixed. I mean, the way they're throwing this money out here, I might be able to give them 10 snaps a game and cash in one more year. Um, so, I mean, don't don't count me out yet. <laughs> no, no, I'm retired, man. I, I don't know why Wikipedia still says free agent. We got to contact your agent and change your Wikipedia. I might have to. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone's signing everywhere, and, and the Jets are signing everyone and anyone, it seems like, and bringing back a lot of everyone. It seems like they've re-signed so many guys. They brought in so many new guys. Overall feel of what Joe Douglas did in uh, week one of free agency. I think Joe D and Robert Sala did an amazing job, right? They didn't get the big, sexy names out there in free agency, but they got impact starters, and that's something that this team needed. If you look at it and the, the carousel they've brought in the free agency, they've gotten at least five impact starters, maybe even six if you want to add, you know, a guy like Carl Lawson, who they, you know, paid last year in free agency, but didn't really reap the benefits because he was injured early on during training camp. So you now you're talking about potential six new starters on offense and defense. And when you're trying to change the culture of your team, you got to bring guys in that, for one, love football. I know Salah's big on that. You want to bring in high-character guys, and you want guys that come into this locker room with a good pedigree. I mean, if you look at some of the signings, Lincoln Thomas and the guy that's been to two NFC championships, one Super Bowl. You talk about Jordan Whitehead, a guy that's won the Super Bowl and been to the playoffs. Guy like DJ Reed has been to the playoffs with the Seattle Seahawks. So, and CJ Uzama, a guy who literally just went to the Super Bowl. So, not only are you getting high character guys, right? You're getting guys that love football, that really believe in the mantra, all gas, no breaks by the way they play on the field. But you're also bringing guys that come in with experience and playoff experience, which can really help your young team. Jose, do you like the fact that you look at these guys, you look at Conklin, Uzama, Reed? They they all had career years, right? They're all coming. Even Lakin Tomlinson, it's hard to say a guard had a career year, but he made the Pro Bowl for the first time. So so you can sort of say that. It seems like Joe D kind of looked at it and said, you know what, we're gonna bet on these guys are on the climb here, they're hitting their their, their stride, we're gonna get their prime years out of them now the next two, three years. Did did you like that approach? Yeah, Kyle, I like it because he's projecting where they could go in their careers, right? And he's getting them early when a lot of people might not have been as high on them, other teams. Jody's getting younger guys. Like, I mean, Jordan Whitehead's only 24 years old, and he's coming off probably his best year as a pro at only 24 years old. So he's literally just going into his prime now, and we get him coming off a Super Bowl and a playoff appearance in back-to-back years, right? This is a guy, to me, was, I would say, my my crush in free agency because this is the guy I wanted the Jets to get. I tapped him last year when the Jets played the Bucks late in the season as a guy that's going to be a free agent that I thought would fit in perfect with his defensive scheme. He's a guy that, you know, a lot of people say is a box safety, but he can do so much more. Like, don't pigeonhole him into being a box safety. What do you think of the value he got out of all these guys? It doesn't seem like he overpaid. Um, obviously, Lakin, they paid a good amount, and DJ, they did. But but Jordan, they got for what was pretty cheap. I know Uz- Uzama, they – Seven Hill, which is – I never thought they'd be able to sign him for that. 
Yeah, exactly. So overall, do you think Joe D got a great value for all these guys? Man, Joe Joe D is is I don't, I keep calling him the Fleece King, and I, I don't want that to be you know a bad a bad notion on who he is. But he just does a good job in getting some of these deals. Not only I think you brought up a good point, Jake. Not only did he get good value at in free agency, but the way he structured the deals makes it so that Jets can still make big moves via a trade during the draft to get a prominent in a you know a prominent veteran starter, or it gives them the flexibility to move up and down the draft board because a lot of these contracts are backloaded, right? So the Jets still have a lot of flexibility where they can potentially still, you know, Jet Jet Nation's in, in uproar because they, they feel like we still need to get a viable number one receiver, which they do. And they were mad with the Amara Cooper and, you know, Allen Robinson and Robert Woods, you know, being literally given away for a bag of chips. And, you know, the Jets didn't call or do anything about that. But do not be surprised if Joe D's up to something, man. The way this is being built out and the way that he structured a lot of these contracts and free agency, there's a potential for him to still make a big splash, whether it's on the edge or at the receiver position. So I would just say don't count the Jets out of that just yet as far as them being able to make a splash as far as getting a big-name star via you know the edge position or the wide receiver position. Yeah, I agree with you, Leger. I, I I think Joe's position, all these cap numbers being, you know, what they are in the first year, so so low leaves him, you know, he's he's planning on something because that's not how he did business in the past. He used to have they were pretty much the cap hits were were even, and and he he did something different. And I know they called on Amari Cooper. They they called the Cowboys, and they were told, you know, he's not reworking his contract. It's going to be twenty million dollars a year, and I think that's what scared the Jets off. Um, I think they would have obviously traded what, what do you go for? A fifth or fifth round pick, sixth round pick? I would have done that. But I agree with you. I think, you know, when the draft comes, you know, the, the trades happen in free agency and then when the draft comes, we have a whole not, whole nother batch of trades. I also think Leger he did a pretty good job of setting himself up for the draft where, you know, the Jets still have a lot of needs, but they don't have like a oh my God, he has to take this at number four. Right? He signed a cornerback. He signed a safety. He signed a guard. He he signed tight ends like you not that you take a tight end for unless you're Atlanta and Pitts but they like so so now he can kind of look at it and go okay you know the best player available is the cliche but but he can really look at it and say who is the best player we want it for uh, I mean how do you feel like the draft strategy kind of changed in the last week with what you saw in free agency Yeah he did an amazing job like you said cause is as far as filling as many voids on his team as possible in free agency that way they have the flexibility during the draft. Like you said, to take the best player at four. And when you're in a top five position, you you generally take the best player available, right? It's not always about need on your team because you don't want to necessarily reach for need on your team. You, like most NFL teams, all NFL teams have a draft board, right? And they try to stick to that draft board depending on who they rank, you know, from first to, to I would say top 50, one through 50, right? And the Jets are at the number four spot. Well, you say, you know, Aiden Hedgeson looks like he will be the number one pick from what Jacksonville has done with their offensive line. Say, you know, the Detroit Lions, they've been rumored to really love Malik Willis. I never saw that happening, but it could potentially happen where they take Malik Willis or they could take Kayvon Thibodeau because they definitely need some edge rush. And then you go to the number three spot. Well, Lermy Tunsil reworked his deal. They took Tyrus Howard a few years ago. So their offensive line, you know, got some pretty good cap numbers too. So are they going to be in the O-line business or do they try – to get a you know a guy like Kyle Hamilton to help with that defense, or do they try to go edge rush? So now you're talking about, you know, a few weeks ago it seemed like Equanu and Neil were going to be slam dunk one and two or one and three. Um, now they both potentially could be at the number four spot for the Jets 
And right now, that's not the most dire need for this team, right? But if Joe D has Iki Kwanu as the number one overall player, then you have to take him at the number four spot. You know, the Jets need to be playing meaningful games in late December and early January. And the way to do that is talent, right? So this is a, a, a top heavy, you know, edge rush class. You don't want to mess around and, and keep trying to drop back and not get the right guy on the edge that help your rush for the next eight to 10 years. You want to be able to hone in on a guy and get a guy that's going to be a game wrecker on the on the edge. So you don't want to play too much with trying to trade back and, and get more draft capital because at the end of the day, you got to get players that come in and make impact, make an impact right away. Yeah, you want to be playing meaningful games in January, but uh, that could get difficult with an AFC that has become star-studded. Leger, what is your take on the quarterback carousel and the AFC seemingly having every quarterback that's good in the league right now? We're going to call it the AFC Wild Wild West, right? And talking about the AFC West, like I can't remember in recent years where it was that many qualified, really good Pro Bowl quarterbacks in just one division. I mean, if we just look at the AFC West, right, you got Justin Herbert, who I'm really high on. I think he's a top four quarterback in the league right now. Then they, the Denver Broncos trade for Russell Wilson, who's been a perennial Pro Bowl Bowler, uh, I would say some people don't say he's in the top five right now. Had an off season uh, last year, and going back to 2020, you know, past week eight, he didn't play that well either. So it'll be interesting to see like what Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos get. Then you're talking about Derek Carr and everything the Raiders went through last year for him to lead and galvanize that team, and he's been to a few Pro Bowlers to take them to the playoffs last year. Like you can't count them out, and I think everybody was counting them out, and then all of a sudden. You know, they made two of the biggest signings that we've seen in recent years with getting Chandler Jones and shipping Yannick Ngakwe out of there and then getting the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams. And, you know, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams go back to their college days and their best friends. So now you know that connection is going to be almost automatic. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. It's crazy, right? Nobody's talking about the Chiefs. Like, this is a team that's been to how many AFC championship games? And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been considered – you know, the most blessed quarterback talent-wise in, in recent years. So now you're talking about just in that division, pro, four like Pro Bowl quarterbacks duking it out. And then you got Joe Seisty, you know, in Cincinnati, young young Joe Burrow. He takes his team, you know, after being hurt the year before, takes them all the way to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson and now Deshaun Watson. Like, so – the AFC is a gauntlet. It's going to be a dogfight just to get nine wins in the AFC. This yeah, year. well, and we're going to be telling this to Jake Leger and all the Jets fans on Twitter when they're losing their minds. The Jets are not going to be good, Jake, this year. They, they can be better than they were last year and still not be good because of what Leger just talked about. And go over the Jets' schedule. Josh Allen twice. Then they get the AFC North. Deshaun Watson, maybe he's suspended for that game, maybe not. You get Lamar Jackson. You get Joe Burrow. They get Aaron Rodgers. They play there. They play Russell Wilson. It's not not looking good, Jake. It's not looking good for the schedule right now. I, I hate to break this to you in March. I know it's all good vibes, and we, we like what they did in free agency. They're going to be better, but they still not might not be good, Jake. Oh, Kaz, free agency is is the Jets Super Bowl. This this is <laughs> this is our time to shine. Is free agency, not the regular season. Yeah, it's funny that Carl's brought up the schedule, right? Because looking at the schedule originally, I think there was a lot of optimism before all this quarterback carousel turnover happened, right? Because you mentioned, like, the Browns. Everybody's like, well, Baker Mayfield, we, you know, we probably could squeeze that one out, you know, then Denver. Bron- oh, Broncos, yeah. Quarterback. Oh, we definitely <laughs> can squeeze that one out. <laughs> but now, like, with the, with the change of the quarterback position, and then you said the AFC North, 
Like people forget Action Jackson is coming back. Like Lamar Jackson is coming back. And the Ravens team is synonymous with going to the playoffs. So, you know, they're pissed off they didn't go last year. They still had a chance with their backup quarterback to almost get in there in week like 16 and 17. So, like the Ravens will be back. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, yes, Wink Markendale is not there, but, the, you know, Harbaugh just knows how to put out playoff team after playoff team after playoff team. They just have a really good culture there. So they'll they'll find a way and they'll get – they'll try to finagle their way into the playoffs. So that's not going to be an easy game either. And then Mike Tomlin's never had a, a, a losing season. Again, nobody's talking about Pittsburgh, but nobody was talking about him last year and they, they snuck their way into the playoffs. So it's like I, I get what you're saying because, like, I would just tell Jet fans to, to temper their expectations. Now, we do want them to be better, but we don't know if they'll be playing meaningful games. Here's my two measuring sticks, Leger, for the 2022 Jets. One, Zach Wilson has to be better, right? They have to get that. They have to get him better. If he improves, I think you'll feel pretty good about the season. The second thing, and I, I won't say late December, early January. I'm going to go early December. You know when the network starts showing the graphic? Who's who's leading the divisions? Who's leading the wild card? And then they have the the third category on the right side is in the hunt, in the hunt, right? Like, and you can be in the hunt. Like the Giants were in the hunt. I feel like late last year, like you could have five wins in the beginning of December and still be in the hunt. It, the Jets need to be in the hunt. Like the season can't be over at Halloween. It, it, it can't be over. They have to win a game in September. They haven't won a game in September since 2018. Little steps like that. That's what you're looking for this year. Not you know they're they're not going to be a playoff team. They're, they're, the AFC too tough, but little steps, Jake. Little steps, right? They'll be in the bottom right where it's like <laughs> five and eight, and the last one. Yeah, I would I would say that the, the September thing is glaring, right? They haven't won a game in September, but also a division game. They have to win a division game. I don't believe they won a division game since, since what, nineteen. Two yeah, two thousand. The last game of two thousand nineteen when the blue, yeah, when so the like, Bills like, didn't like those starters. two things have to get accomplished. Like you got to get a win. In September, you have to get a division with like you cannot be 0 6 in a division year in and year out. Like the only like the easiest way to get into the playoffs is to win your division. So if you're not winning your divisional games, you have no chance of even pretending to play meaningful games in December. So like that, those two things I agree with you, cause have to get done. Like winning a game in September, because the way this young team is made, and yes, there's been some added veterans to it. And if you want any chance, like you cannot start the season off slow. You can't. We can't have another one and five start. We can't have a a one and six start. You can't be zero oh and five. Like you have to win some games in September. You mentioned all those teams. It's like the Patriots are an afterthought. Yet they made the playoffs with Mac Jones in his rookie year. So they're going to be a team to watch as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody believes. I mean, even, even like the Jets, the first time they played them, even though it was twenty five to three, so lacking or something. Like the defense kept them in that game the whole game. It was, it was never like, like the Jets were never out of that game even though they had four interceptions, like they were never out of the game. So like a team like that never really... – The second game they were out of. They got ugly. <laughs> they got ugly the second game. They got real ugly the second game. But like a team like that never really puts any fear in you. And I believe the second game is when Zach, Zach ended up getting hurt, yes, right? Yes, yeah. And then, and then the defense yeah, and Mosley. Mike came in and threw some, threw some interceptions too. Um, but yeah, like I, I just think the, the Patriots on offense don't put fear in anybody, right? And now with their defense almost being decimated as far as guys leaving and free agency and being cut, like a lot of the leaders that they had, you know, Hightower is free. Van Noy is gone. Uh, they did bring McCourty back. J.C. Jackson is out of there. Like, you know, Bill is, I want to say smug, but he's always been smug thinking it's his system and not the players. I think this year that bites him in the butt, right? Like there's no way that J.C. Jackson shouldn't have got a good, great offer from them. 
I mean, you're talking about a, a guy that has, I think, 17 interceptions the last two years. Like, how do you not pay him? Like, what did he not learn from the Malcolm Brown thing, uh, Butler thing in the Super Bowl when, you know, Nick Foles cooked them? Like, like I get it. It's the Patriot way. It's the system. You guys will will maybe make the playoffs. I don't see it this year with the way the AFC is, is locked and loaded. But, yeah, you can generally, with discipline and the way they do things, they maybe can couldn't go – nine and eight and maybe sneak in. But I, like, I don't see it happening this year is as deep as the AFC is. Like, you got to have players, man. It's about players and not plays. All right, last one before we let you go. Is there a dream receiver, whether it's a trade or free agent, that's out there that you see the Jets getting, you know, by the draft? I mean, DK Metcalf comes to mind. I know a lot of people have put his name out there. I don't know. With Seattle giving up as much as they did, I don't, I don't think they – unless they're truly starting over – I don't think they're going to put him out there for Trey Bay. I think they're going to pay him. Uh, I think it'd be ridiculous to let him go. Like one of your, you know, star players on offense, even though you let the quarterback go. I think because he's still young, right? I don't even think DK's 25 yet. So it's like he'll he, he'll be around for the rebuild and be able to to help whatever quarterback they bring in, whether they go with Drew Locke or decide to, to draft the quarterback in the draft. I don't think he's going to be up for sale. Like right now, it's, it's hard to think any – because top receivers, number one receivers, they, they usually don't get traded, you know, unless it's like a Amari Cooper situation where his cap number is so ridiculous that they have no choice but to trade him. But usually true number ones, if they're playing at a true number one level, they're not going to hit free agency and they're not going to be traded. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like going around the league and like who, like Allen Robinson was a guy that I thought maybe the Jets could, you know, potentially sign and he ends up going to LA. And I don't think anybody saw that happening, like, because he goes from being the number one guy to the number two guy in, in L.A. with Cooper Cup being there. So um, I, I thought Robert Woods would have been really good. Some people don't say he's considered the number one. But I would just say go look at his numbers and what he's done, the intangibles as far as blocking, the speed sweep, being able to run those intermediate routes. I think the way he plays the game would have fit perfectly in with the Jets. And I think as far as his veteran leadership, that would have been something perfect for that room. And then you still draft the guy like in the second round right? That has the potential to be your number one down the road. But, you know, that didn't happen. He ended up going to Tennessee for a bag of chips. <laughs> so, like, I, I, there's nobody besides DK that comes to mind. But I honestly don't think Seattle's going to let him yeah, go. Yeah, I heard, I heard Seattle's not interested in trading DK, you know, at least right now. Yeah. So I don't know if I mean, why would threat. you? He's young. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no true number ones don't hit the market. Like, they never hit the market if your team is smart. Like, uh, Devontae Adams, like, I'm, I'm still surprised that the Packers didn't dig in. They were kind of nice in that situation. I know a lot of GMs that would have been like, well, we franchising you. You're going to play with us if you're not playing this year. And at 29, are you willing to risk that, not playing for a whole season? Like, I mean, they did him a solid, right, by by trading him for what they uh, – first and I, what, a second-round pick, that was it? Like, absurd. Like, I've seen this on Twitter. Like, Joe Joe D got more for Jamal Adams than than the Green Bay Packers got for Devontae Adams and the Houston Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. Jamal Adams' trade looks better and better as time goes on. Like, that, Joe, Joe hit it out of the park. Now, you know what the best trade ever that Joe D did was the, was the Blake Casper one? Hands down. <laughs> He took a guy in the fifth round, and I, and I, I have no ill will to Blake Cashman. He just had the injury. He couldn't bug. get on the field. But he's literally never yeah. really been on the field. And this dude turned around and got him got a six-round pick for it. So you only lose one round of draft capital for a guy that's never really even seen the I'll field. I'll top you, Leger. I got one that tops that, though, I think. 
I think the Chris Herndon trade was even more amazing. He got a fourth that fourth big. round pick that for Chris big. Herndon. Because they were both – he was a fourth round pick, right? He had played – like it was clear that Chris Herndon – it wasn't happening, right? Like it was pretty clear it wasn't happening. He got a fourth round pick for him last year, which was crazy. Yeah, but, you know, Chris Herndon showed flashes, though. You know what I'm saying? So they were banking that he was young in his flashes, which, you know, the Jets actually – Chris Herndon helped us in a, in, in a really good way, right? Because it allowed them to play Tyler Conklin more because he was more ready and the Jets were able to sign Tyler. So it all comes, all comes full circle, Chris right? Herndon. Chris Herndon gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings to take over for Irv Smith and be the starter. He doesn't get it done. Tyler Conklin has to step up, goes over 600 yards. And the Jets are like, we like him. Let's pay him and bring him back. So not only did we fleece a fourth-round pick, we took their starter. <laughs> Incredible. I know the Jets receiver to get. Antonio Brown. There it is. Bring, bring him to New York. Bring him back to MetLife Stadium. You know, you know that's never happened. I know. I'm just I Actually, happened. I met his driver last week, the the Seth Rogen-looking guy at a party. Dude, that picked week. him up? Yeah, he's he's he was very chill, mellow. I was like, I, I want to see you on the roads. I heard he's a crazy driver, and uh, a lot of the Jets and Giants uh, use him to drive him around. So apparently, he does U turns and he's like Grand Theft Audio Auto uh, like driver. So shout out to him, cool dude. Anyways, Lejay Doosable, you can follow him on Twitter at Lejay Doosable. He is the ESPN college football analyst and Jets pre and post game analyst on SNY. Lejay. Good to catch up with you, and uh, we'll see what the Jets do. And what do you call him? The fleece god Joe Douglas does in the draft. The fleece king, man. Thanks, LeJay. Appreciate it. All right. If you win, they will come. All righty. That says adios to episode 100, the centennial edition of Gangs All Year, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz. For helping me in producing the show hearts i don't know how i've made it a hundred episodes talking jets it's it's almost a a true saint patrick's day spring miracle that we've gone this far because they have not been in the playoff race for all 100 episodes of the show and that is really hard to fathom. when you think about all the podcasts you've done all the different sports and everything and even your own personal podcast i think the fact that you've made it through 100 episodes Talking about the New York Jets, the franchise that's just so depressing. It's definitely worldly and, and major props to you and Kaz. I'll be waiting for my Pulitzer Prize award in the mail sometime soon. And that handsome SOB, Joe Douglas, what an offseason so far he's having. But as I said in the show, give me a receiver. I want a number one commodity. And I don't even know if it's the draft. I want a true number one receiver for Zach Wilson because then you start to drool a little bit thinking about what Zach Wilson has. And it turns out to be all on him. When he's got a coach of the year in experience, he's got two tight ends, he's got a young running back, he's got a couple of receivers, and then you give him a number one with a good old line, and then you're saying, all right, kid, it's your city, go do something. I just don't think he has that right now, and I'm not sure a draft pick counts as a number one. I want a proven number one, and I want Corey Davis. Look, honestly, if he does get himself a, a new shiny toy and a wide receiver, long yard threat, who can definitely go out there and ball for him, New York needs a football team to follow and to watch and, and to, to have fun with. And quite frankly, the Jets, as of right now, they're looking like a fun football team. But you're right, if you give him one big-time wide receiver, he's pretty good. We clearly are still, we are full baseball and degenerate March Madness and NBA mode right now. Trying to get back into baseball. And make sure you subscribe to Amazing But True, the number one Mets podcast in all the land. Jake Brown, that's me. Nelson Figueroa, go get it. It's back. 
New episode is out right now. Go listen. Every Monday afternoon, new episodes will drop, and we are number one, and there'll be video out for that show as well. So check that out for Andrew Hart, for Brian Costello. I am Jacques Brown. We will return later in April to preview the NFL draft. Get me to Viva Las Vegas. It's calling my name. Just have two picks in the top 10. So we will talk to you, barring a big monster trade. We will talk to you at the end of April to preview what the Jets will do in the draft. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The gang's all here. Stay safe out there, and let's go Jets. I said Pikachu sucks in, like, eighth grade and got soap in my mouth.